Hey everyone, welcome to the Born for This podcast. I'm so excited you're here and I am just beyond thrilled to have the beautiful Amanda Vernon here with us today. This has been a podcast that I have been dying to record for about three months now. So I am just so ecstatic and I just want to jump right in. So Amanda, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. At long last, here we are seeing each other over a screen, but like (laughs) in real time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I feel like we're friends. I love following your content. I like your attitude. We both have green eyes. We do. We do. Yeah. We love Jesus. Mm -hmm. The two most important things in the world, green eyes and loving Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's, need I say more? (laughs) Oh my gosh. That reminds me of the reason I even really knew who you were. So I have to, I just have to tell the story. So I was, I road trip to my parents to visit them. They're like six hours away. So it's a little bit of a trek when I go. So I'm always like recording, you know, downloading podcasts to listen to and all of that. And I stumbled upon one of my friends had just told me about Leah Darrow's podcast, um, Do Something Mm. Beautiful. And Mm -hmm. I was struggling in my just single life and vocation and all of that. And I, I saw one that was titled, when God wrecks your romance. And I was like, well, that just sounds really relatable right now. And so I (laughs) I clicked on that and I heard about your book. And then by the time I got to my parents' house and listened to 15 other podcasts, I forgot about it. And then, you know, a year later, you are watching as Liv Harrison and I are talking on her Instagram live. And the next thing I know, I have like all of these likes on my pictures. And then you're like, hi, don't mind me. I'm just stalking your page. And I was like, you're going to be friends because I do the exact same thing. If I see somebody that I think is going to be interesting or entertaining, like, let me go creep. And then let me like pretend that I'm not scrolling back to like their very first Instagram post to like look at their whole life history on Instagram. And then like just just comment on everything. So as soon as you commented that, you're like, your, your eyes are beautiful. And also like, I'm creeping. I'm like, I just, well, let's be friends, please. <laughs> so I love how we kind of came full circle. And now it's like, oh my gosh, I get to talk to you. We're like friends in real life now. <laughs> beautiful. You've been, a, you've been through a lot since 2008. Haven't we all know? <laughs> yes. thinking how you said that you go back to the beginning. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> social media account. <laughs> I'm sure nobody exactly. else does that. I'm sure. Probably. We, we might be the only two that <laughs> actually will scroll through like 3,000 posts. It's fine. It's fine. You've had a lot of fun life in the, since then and I've learned all about you. So it's all good. <laughs> so the reason, other than your dazzling personality and infectious laugh, the reason I wanted to have you on was because of your fantastic book in your career. And I just, I feel like in, you know, stalking you on Instagram, I learned more about (laughs) who you were. And especially I feel like you shared so vulnerably about your um, singer-songwriter career through the Mm. pandemic. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I started partnering with you on, is it Patreon? I don't even know how I support you, but I do. I just (laughs) wait for my my song in my (laughs) inbox every Sunday and I rock out. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for being an Amanda Vernon patron and, oh man, sharing sharing the process in real time, I would say, is – is what I always do on stage. Like every concert that I give, I'm sharing from the perspective of like my current emotions, <laughs> like what, however I'm feeling that day, right? So it's not, even though I rehearse, right? My 
the way that I present it is not simply a pre-rehearsed um, like outline. And oh, yeah. so I'm used to that in person, but to kind of switch over and be that level of not not authentic, but of um, o- open, I think, mm-hmm. on social media. That was new for me starting just during the pandemic. And so I'm, I'm really grateful that it works. <laughs> Because I'm like, yes. maybe this won't translate, you know? And <laughs> no, so it definitely just, does. <laughs> and so it's really a confirmation to me to, to keep going because I, I do feel called to continue sharing openly about our family life, about my career and just how the Lord is leading us like day to day. But sometimes I, I definitely second guess that. So like just talking to you and feeling this kindred spirit between us, which is I'm, I'm the Holy Spirit, it's, it's really... Um, just uplifting to me and and so just it's thank you for that this experience it's it's happening right now oh my gosh and I feel like we're so like all of us are just so craving connection because we might have it in some way through social media or zoom encounters or things like that but I just feel like my my heart and my soul is needing face-to-face interaction sure. and I just I'm like I'll risk the, the virus like I just want to hug somebody <laughs> yeah. and like yeah. getting it can't be worse than like being isolated <laughs> I don't know I don't know so I'm thankful that things have changed a little bit and that you know we're I don't know being able to get out in public more yeah but I, I think regardless of how people decide to to navigate this time like the feelings that you just described are so real and so relatable to everybody who I've talked to about it at least Mm -hmm. well I want to hear more about your career and your book so how did you like when did you first start writing songs and singing and performing and all of that Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started writing songs when I was in elementary school. I remember I was 11 years old when I wrote my first song. I heard at that point I was I was reading like a history book for school and I heard about some musician who wrote his first song when he was nine years old. And I was like, nine? Uh, what have I, be, I have been doing with my life? You know, and I just went over the piano and like wrote a song. Just, As you were like, what, 11? <laughs> 11. <laughs> like, like, I've wasted I the last two up. years. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And so uh, then I started giving concerts on my own as far as performing my original music when I was 15. And uh, actually, actually, sorry, I was 14. You know, big difference when you're that mm-hmm. age. <laughs> It really, it, it actually really is, yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, but it was right after I received the sacrament of confirmation. And looking back, I can see how the grace of that sacrament just lit this fire within my soul to share my natural ability of music in a way that would direct people toward Jesus. And I, I, I could recognize that desire, one that perhaps was there earlier, but I, I didn't, I wasn't able to name it. Until Mm -hmm. I received the sacrament of confirmation. And ever since then, the Lord has been opening door after door after door for me to walk through to be able to keep sharing the joy that he's given me through through song. Oh, I love that. It's like the Holy Spirit, like, you know, we see the Holy Spirit represented as fire. And it's like, and he just really just like lit the fire in you (laughs) receiving that sacrament to then pursue Mm -hmm. something that's been a passion since you were so little. Mm-hmm. Um, right, exactly. 
So what did what did concerts, you know, performing your original music at 14 or 15, like what did that mm-hmm. look like? Was that like for friends in their homes or like how do right. you how do you perform as a young, you know, kiddo like that? Yeah, you know, pre-YouTube days it was giving let's see, like a half an hour, 45 minute presentation where I sang my original songs. I didn't play on my keyboard, just bring my keyboard, set it up, you know, plug it into the sound system. And then you share my songs and then kind of share the story behind why I wrote this, 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 these songs and relate it to my faith, even as a young teenager. And all of those venues starting out were connected to the Catholic community where like the local community. So starting starting at my parish and then moving out to other parishes, it seemed like every time I would give a presentation like that, somebody would say to me, hey, you know, I know a youth director down the road who would love to hear about this for his youth. And then and then I would just set up the next concert. And so it just was a very organic reach to to begin with and definitely starting at my home parish and then kind of resonating out from there. Oh, I love that. I love that you were so well received and that it was encouraged because I know that mm-hmm. I don't, I mean I feel like you described your your worship style is it's it's not the traditional worship music that we think of like contemporary worship that we think of today. Can you can you share a little bit about where your inspiration and influence comes from? Yeah, that's I would say that's true from sort of the if you look at like musical genres, right? You have praise mm-hmm. and worship music which is so popular now and making its way into our our celebration of the mass as well. Mm-hmm. In many communities, I know there are mixed feelings about that in different, you know, different circles. But thankfully, there's room for all of us in the Catholic yes. Church and all these different expressions, right, of of our faith through song, even in the liturgy. And I grew up with the influence of black gospel music. So my dad was raised on African American spirituals, and and he handed that music down to me. And it was not only in my home that we sang these songs that were, you know, handed on generation to generation, beginning in slavery here in the United States, but that same music was prevalent in my experience of worship in the liturgy. So my and and primarily through my father because he like introduced that music to our parish. And again, you you mentioned how I was well received, and that was not just me, but my whole family and. My so so my dad like moved to this parish with my mom when I was just very young, just a couple of years old. And they they said, yeah, please, please join us. And how can we serve your family? And they said, well, do you have gospel music at your parish? And they're like, nope, but you could bring it. And so (laughs) and so my dad did. And and not only did the choir really embrace that, but it worked really well because like the community where my parish was located was a predominantly minority area. And so that sort of musical influence was already present in the neighborhood. And then to kind of bring that into the faith community was, I really feel like it integrated a lot of pieces. And so I think that sort of that integration of these, what might seem like separate elements is really 
a theme of my life and one that I try to bring into all of my art as well. Oh, I love that. I love how welcoming the parish was and that there wasn't, I don't know, fear of of differences and that it was like, oh, hey, you want you want to bring this? Cool. Like, bring it and, and right. show us what it's all about. Like, that's so, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think it it requires a generosity on both sides, you know, like the whoever is sort of sharing that hospitality, right? Okay, well, here's this new maybe culture or new sort of expression of God's grace. Okay, let's be open to it, right? Let's make space for it. So I think that's really generous. And then also I can see from my dad for him to take the time to teach the music that he loves to instruct in 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 that culture in in the sounds and in the spirit behind it that that takes i think humility on his part to say let me let me break this down for you yeah and so i could see through that generous meeting both of my parents and and of the parish that that like was so fruitful and i hope it's something that i carry on and and pass on to the next generation as well yeah for sure oh my gosh how much patience your dad must have had (laughs) (laughs) just thinking about like my own choirs through the years that i've participated in where it's like some people are set in their ways or others are just like they want to sing because they love it they're not necessarily like musically gifted like on a like a I don't know, like formally taught level. Right. I, I don't want to mean that in a negative way, but, you know, so no, it, can yeah. take, it can take a little bit longer to, to grasp, <laughs> like a difference from, you know, any variation of from the tradition uh-huh. that they're used to. So, oh, my gosh, your dad's probably like a saint already. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I love it. So I have to know, were you always pursuing a musical career or was there, you know, was that always just like a burning passion within you or was there a point in time where you're like, oh, let me go to college and let me, you know, pursue mm-hmm. this other degree and field and, and all of mm-hmm, that. What mm-hmm. did that discernment look like for you? Yeah, thanks for asking. It, definitely it is, has become my career to be a recording artist, but really it started from my desire to share the gift that God had given me in music and to to share it for God's glory. So it was that simple. And then to me, it seemed to make sense to to turn that into my career so that I could do it all the time <laughs> so that I could yeah. spend so much of my energy creating art that could speak to people about God's goodness. Um, and I think I'm also a natural born entrepreneur as well, because that just made sense to me to do that. (laughs) And I knew what to do. And so, I mean, my parents are not entrepreneurs, but somehow it seemed very clear to me the steps to take and how it could become a profession. But that was secondary to my desire to do ministry. And I don't, I, I never had the sense that it needed to be formal ministry like I didn't necessarily need to have a title at a parish I just knew that I had again the fire analogy I just had this burning desire to share my gifts I could tell that my music was a gift because when I would sing people would just stop like they would just stop what they were doing and and the room would get quiet and people would listen to me ever since I was 
really young. And so I, I, I knew that was different that, you know, you're describing your choir, right? Like <laughs> we were all called to make a joyful noise for sure. But I think <laughs> this is some, you know, depending on who so you're really are, good the- at the joyful noises and then the others are, really, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> we have all different qualities of joyful noises. <laughs> Right. And so I knew there was that the Lord had given me a particular gift in this area. And so I, I just needed to share that somehow, some way. And so this being my career has really been the answer of, of how to get that to people. I love it. Oh man. I just love when God puts that desire so deep within your heart that you can't, you can't ignore it. Like, even if you wanted to, you're like, nope, Mm -hmm. you literally like it smacks you in the face every single day when you wake up because (laughs) he's like, nope, you're doing it. (laughs) Like, you can't avoid this. (laughs) Okay, so you have a very interesting story when it comes to being young and performing concerts and you met someone very interesting and together you have created a very very amazing book and I just like not really sure why you're laughing right now saying that Uh, I just I'm I'm just like recalling parts of your book you know um so I just I want to hear more about your experience with you know, meeting your friend Matt, now Father Matt, and, you know, (laughs) and how you guys came to discern the process of writing this book because you co-wrote the book together. Maybe you want to give a little blurb about more about what it's about, but Mm -hmm. this podcast is all about discernment and hearing the voice of God Mm -hmm. and what we're called to. So Mm -hmm. I just want to know how you guys, because it's we're talking about co-creating something. And right. so there's discernment on both sides. And was it always like yes. a clear shot of like, this is what we need to do? Or was there <laughs> a lot of differences in like opinions there? <laughs> this is, I feel like there's so many good questions like at once. Oh, I just um, asked you 14. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where, where, <laughs> where would you like me to begin? <laughs> okay, so... Tell a little bit about the book that I'm referring to. How we start? Okay, there. great. So you mentioned a podcast that you saw that I was on, right? And the title yes. is the same title of my book, "When God Wrecks Your Romance: Orthodox Faith, Unorthodox Story." So I co-wrote this book with my dearest friend, Father Matt Face. He is he's a, a priest of the Congregation of Holy Cross, and yes, we met when we were kids. And I like that you say, like, you have an interesting story and you meant an interesting person. (laughs) Like, neither Father Matt nor I are normal. And now, okay, that's a that's a loaded statement. Who of us is, right? If you, you know, you share the depths of your heart with somebody, they're like, wow, you have a lot going on there. All of us. But I mean, in the particulars of our life journey, we we live in um there's a smaller percentage of people who are living out the kind of lifestyle that we both lead uh, respectively. And then on top of that, the fact that we're such close friends and that we're doing ministry together is is unheard of. So mm-hmm. this book gives an inside view to our friendship, not just, you know, we were friends when we were teens, then 
I got married to my husband, David, who's the best person I know. We have four children. We share my music, lived happily ever after. Matt grew up to become a priest. And now he does that at the end. It's not like it's not, you know, it's not cut and dry. It's really the inner workings of our hearts. And I, there for your listeners, there are no other books like this right now. But maybe we'll start a genre. Who knows? Maybe Father Mike Schmitz will release something like this. That could I'm calling be cool. you out, Father Mike. I'm calling you out. <laughs> <laughs> make sure and I'll make sure and tag him in the show notes. I mean, like you need to listen to this podcast and then also do this. Uh, so you. I would agree with you that when I so I actually listened to I downloaded your book and it was one of my one of my travel listens again. And I one I was like okay as soon as I hit like the little preview of the book on Audible. I heard your voice and was like, oh, yes, I could listen to her all day long. And so <laughs> I, that's how I gauge if I can do an audiobook or not. <laughs> so I was like, you have a nice voice. Yeah. So I'm listening and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like every like with every new chapter, I was like, you are kidding me. What? <laughs> like there was just it was like there was no end to the twists and turns and like Holy Spirit surprises in your friendship with Matt mm-hmm. and how I just loved that the book showed both of you were discerning what God wanted for your friendship and, you know, in mm-hmm. that relationship. And then also was so clearly showing each of you what your unique vocations were and how mm-hmm. like what I just love that the book. So for those of you that haven't read it, this book is like it's just like flip flops back and forth between like I mean, it's telling a story and then Matt will tell the same story. And like you get to I oh, yeah. love <laughs> I love those kinds of books where you get to hear like what the experience was like from both mm-hmm. perspectives, because mm-hmm. The whole time, it's like, I want to root for you guys to, like, eventually, like, end up together or something. Yeah. But then, but, like, past, like, chapter two, you don't feel that anymore. You're like, be a priest, Matt. Be a priest. And, like, and just, like, and I was like, I don't know what the heck Amanda's doing. But, like, or what's going to end up with her. But, like, be a priest. Like, he's calling you to this. And so I just love that you can, like, you you just see so clearly how God is calling each of you mm. and how beautiful the story unfolds. Like it's just, it is, it's like no other that I've ever read when it comes to a discernment journey. So, <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. That's awesome to hear. So one of the other questions, you know, when I asked you 14 earlier. Um, <laughs> so when you felt the calling to write this story, um, mm-hmm. Was it ever an option for you to write it just from your perspective or was it always like, no, this needs to be told from mm-hmm. both perspectives? Right. You know, when I, when I felt the calling to write our story, it was it was my, it was very much from the big picture, like similar to how I look at my music. Right. Like I have this music. I need to get it to people. OK. <laughs> That's how I feel, how I felt about my story with Father Matt. I'm like, God has given us this story. We got to share it. But the how, I'm really not a detailed person. (laughs) So I work it out like as it unfolds. And it's always, to me, details are like ever adaptable. And so thank thank the Lord for my husband who is, is on the details. But that's a separate story. So when I thought about sharing my testimony with Father Matt. It was like, I know we have something here that is beautiful, fruitful, and meant to be shared. And then I just kind of brought that to Father Matt. And I'm like, hey, 
what do you think? Now, he doesn't think of himself as being detailed, but compared to me, he is. So he really had more of an idea before I did, I would say, as to kind of the implications of what it meant to share. Like, oh, wow, that's a lot to share with people. And as the story progressed, as sorry, as our writing progressed over, I mean, it took us two and a half years to write this book. There was a certain point where I realized that we were going to be sharing the story of our hearts. And I was like, no, no. No, no, that is not. No, you get married. No, I I get married to David. You get married to the church. That's the story. And Father Matt told me, he's like, you you can write a book about David. He goes, but I'm not writing. I'm not writing that book with you. Like, that's not the book that was on his heart to write. He's like, he helped me to see that God was really calling us to share a story of our friendship And now that was not something that Father Matt would have thought of on his own or wanted at all. (laughs) And yet it seemed very clear, not only to Father Matt and to me, but to David, to my husband as well, that God was asking us to share that friendship and that shared discernment process. So I have to say the way that we ended up bringing that story to light has been a surprise to me as well. Yeah. And for, I mean, I'm thinking of, oh my gosh, of course it would take you, you know, you guys so long, two and a half years to compose that story. Cause you guys are essentially your book summarizes what, like 15 years of mm-hmm. friendship and, and just not only like your friendship living in the same place as, you know, high school kids, but also like what the friendship looked like beyond that in the college years. And then your relationship with David is in there a little bit. And, all of that mm-hmm. too. So that's a, I mean, that's a lot of, like you said, that's a lot of details to bring together into, it's, it's a lot to bring Jesus into, you know, but, but Jesus was there, like weaved in absolutely. and out of that story, like from minute one. Right. Absolutely. It was, I would say we spent the most, most of our time writing was spent trying to recognize the presence of God and articulate how the Lord was moving mm-hmm. in both of our lives throughout all of that time that we either spent together or spent thinking of each other, which was a lot. And so because, spoiler alert here, well, they know that we don't end up together, but deeper spoiler is that <laughs> um, each of us had these feelings for each other throughout like high school into college and so because we never formally dated we didn't ever articulate that to each other at the time as kids so to go back and to not only remember how what did that feel like again which is sort of you know risky I think um mm-hmm. in in a way right to when, whenever you look back you go back to something that you've gone through before. It's it's there's a risk of what is your heart? How is your heart going to react now? Absolutely. And yet, because of having the blessing of my husband's full support of Father Matt's religious community, we were able to go back and look at those emotions and look at all of those experiences with the anchor of Christ to know that he was there. I remember Father Matt reassured me of this when we were writing. He's like, look, God is with us now. God is going to be with us as we move forward. And God was there in our past. So we do not have to be afraid 
of what we're gonna find and i was just like man praise the lord so like if you say so there it goes <laughs> there it goes yeah yeah no for sure and i think you know without without you guys developing some feelings for each other as kids like that your story wouldn't be what it is had those feelings not have been present so totally agree that's even that was you know from god in a way and mm-hmm. brought brought you to this point so mm-hmm. oh man i love i can't imagine the book without that piece like i just <laughs> yeah. like no it's supposed to be there like <laughs> <laughs> it would just not be nearly as tense <laughs> yes <laughs> how so, is this building <laughs> yeah so how has how has your relationship with father matt continued now so you know you had the childhood Mm -hmm. friendship and then you guys stayed connected you know pretty much this whole time and then you Mm -hmm. come together and like hey let's write this book so (laughs) i I, you know i in my mind i'm like so now what like what is that what's your relationship with him now yeah so i refer to father matt as my best friend and he calls me the same and i always feel like i need to explain Blame that for many reasons. What that title means to me is that out, outside of my marriage and my kids, that Father Matt's friendship is the one that I spend the most time on. Mm-hmm. And so for him as well, I'm speaking on his behalf a lot. Hi, Father Matt. I hope you're doing <laughs> great. Thanks for listening. So many shout outs this time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we have great friends. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. I feel like we're all here together. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. I just want to say, hey, Father Matt. You don't know me, but we could also be friends. <laughs> Priest friends so are awesome. <laughs> okay. So... We're so Father Matt and I are really close, and, and that friendship is able to continue and to be fruitful and to be life giving because both of us individually are grounded in our own vocations, mm-hmm. and we don't look to each other to fill any sort of emotional or any other sort of need that is not being met already within our vocations. So we support each other in our vocations. And it's such uh, an amazing blessing, one that for sure neither of us thought would be possible in, mm-hmm. in our states of life and definitely seems to confuse a good number of people who observe it from a distance. And, and yet the Lord seems to continue leading us forward to continue leading our friendship onward. And in fact, Father Matt's congregation of Holy Cross has given him explicit permission to do ministry with my husband and me on a consistent basis for the next two years. So that's really amazing as well that they see the fruit of this doing ministry together and that my husband as well wants it to continue. So it's such a joy and and one that makes us both better for me as a wife and a mom and Father Matt as a priest and as a religious. I love that. And I think it's it's so important to mention that, you know, you and Father Matt didn't cross any any kind of boundaries beyond – I mean, you guys have always only been friends. And I think that that has made it possible for your friendship to continue now without any of those negative feelings that could be mm. associated with it. 
within your marriage or or anything mm-hmm. else because you guys have honored what the Holy Spirit was was leading Ooh. you through. And I feel like that that is so, so powerful because mm. there's definitely been times where I in my own life for sure where I'm like, I mean, this sounds like it could be a bad idea, but like it's fine. Mm. And then you're like, oh, that was a bad idea. And then I just screw things up, you know. Mm. So I think that there's whenever we pause and we don't instantly get into a physical relationship with somebody mm-hmm. just because there's a desire for it. But we really pray through it and we have that discernment, then it it allows God to come in and use these relationships for what his purpose is for them versus what maybe like our flesh desires. And so I, I think that that is such a, a powerful component of why you have been able to keep this relationship so beautifully connected and why, you know, your husband is so supportive of that and, you know, and inviting him into your family because it's <laughs> it's just such a good godly friendship. Wow. That was so beautiful. I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just thinking about someone who's listening who might be in a friendship that's very... I was going to say chemically charged. Is that the, <laughs> where there's a lot of attraction sure. between the two of them and maybe really desiring to act on that attraction and yet feeling like the Holy Spirit is saying, wait, don't yet. I just get that sense that maybe that, that somebody is listening who is coming from that perspective. And I feel like the words that you just spoke, Clarissa, are like so, so affirming for anybody who's in that situation to to hold on. To, to listen to the Holy Spirit. And if the Lord is asking you to wait, it's because he has something better in store. Not because he's trying to keep something good from you, but because something more beautiful is being built in this moment while you're waiting. And and that is to not at all to discount those times that any of us have acted on feelings in a way that was imprudent in that, in that moment, because certainly God's mercy covers that and can mm-hmm. bring the best even from the times that we turn astray whenever we turn back to him. Right. But there is something just so beautiful about cooperating with God's grace moment by moment where that really virtue of chastity can become this this blessing not only for yourselves but for so many others around you as well absolutely for sure i know that i felt like you and i were best friends right after i finished reading your book because <laughs> i've had you know there was a there was someone that i was like for sure there's a couple different times where i was like for sure god has this person for me and then mm. you know an engagement was broken and then that's oh. like turn your world upside down and move on and then oh, you know sure. a couple of years devoted to you know, the idea of someone or, you know, mm-hmm. waiting for this specific person. And then God's like, oh, JK, never mind. Like, <laughs> not him. And it's like, so I can look back and like, man, those parts where those parts of my life where I, I had such a desire to hastily act on, uh-huh. you know, my own desire for a marriage of vocation and family or marriage and family that mm-hmm. it's, it's so much better that there was that pause. And there's even, mm. you know, times where friends are like, oh, come on, like, just put yourself out there. Or just, you know, just go for it with this person. But whenever right. my gut feeling is, no, I need to wait. 
and I don't have a good reason why other than I feel like I need to. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all I can say is like, no, I just have this feeling that it's not it's not the right time. And I can't, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's so hard to to justify that. And, you know, to other people that are looking at your life from the outside. Yes. And so I think a yes. part of a part of listening to God and what he wants for these these good, holy friendships and potential relationships is mm-hmm. that it's OK to be kind of guarded sometimes and not mm-hmm. tell everyone all of your, mm-hmm. you know, your inner communication with God, because sometimes they can talk us out of, you know, making those choices that God wants us to make. Ooh. Good good intentions, of course, but you know it's like only we only we can determine what our our will is from God. And oh, that's so good. The more people, the more hands you have stirring the pot, the more it can get <laughs> messed up. <laughs> right, because even when you go to receive wise counsel from someone you really trust, ultimately the decision on how you incorporate their wisdom. That's yours mm-hmm. to make, right? It's it's your will that you get to submit to your father. And and so how much more discernment is needed when you run it past everybody? Then you yeah. need to discern all of their answers. And do, oh are you gosh, really going to yes. have time to pray through everybody's opinion and to be discerning about the what they're speaking into your life Mm -hmm. and so I think that's that's great advice to it's it's great advice for me right now even in different things that I'm trying to figure out about my career and about what is the word of the day pivot how to pivot um (laughs) it's like am I gonna try to listen to everybody and run it past all of my friends or is it more prudent to have a select group of people who I allow to speak into my life and then to bring that to the Lord as I decide? Mm-hmm. For sure. It's hard to fire. Sometimes. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, and I think it's, you know, it's so, it's so natural for us to want permission from someone, mm-hmm. you know, to move forward. And then that way, you know, if, if someone grants us permission and we take that advice and then it flops, I mean, be like, oh, it's your fault because I listen to you. <laughs> it's like sometimes we just need to say, okay, Lord, what do you want? And then I'm going to do that and then just go with it and not justify my actions that are sought through the Lord and not have to justify that to anyone else, you know? like it's, Wow. You're uh, just spitting the truth, man. <laughs> This is great. This is Holy Spirit. Praise God. Totally. You're speaking to me for sure. <laughs> uh, Father Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, about, how about you, man? Father Mike Schmitz? <laughs> like, oh, we lost him, I think. Okay. Yeah. His internet cut out. He'll be back later. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I just love you so much. <laughs> Thanks. Feelings mutual. <laughs> Hey friends, so I had to interrupt this episode to give a shout out to our partner today. We are doing things a little bit differently on the Born for This podcast. Instead of having weekly sponsors, I'm having weekly episode partners who are other creators who have positively impacted my life. Today's episode partner is Wonderfully Made Art. Now my friend Josie uses her God-given talents to create amazing watercolor, line art, and calligraphy pieces. One of my absolute favorite purchases was a custom design that incorporated a variety of gorgeous succulents that she made for my goddaughter's baptism gift. I was blown away by what she was able to make and how quickly my order was delivered. Head on over to her Instagram, give her a follow, and use the code BORNFORTHIS 
and receive 10% off your first purchase. That's Wonderfully Made Art, W-A-N-D-E-R-F-U-L-L-Y-M-A-D-E dot A-R-T. Now let's get back to our chat. Funnily enough, my, I'm going to sidebar for a second. Um, so my word for the year was not pivot, but it was shift. And Ooh. I like, <laughs> so my, close. it was right. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know why this word has been put on my heart. So we're just going to go with it for, mm. for 2020. Like, let's just, yeah. <laughs> Golly, I had no idea. I did not know what Okay, prophetic. Heck. Okay. I, well, and this was like literally December of last year because my birthday is the end of December. And so I always take myself on. On a like a breakfast date and I take my you know brand new fresh planner and all my pins because mm. I have a weird thing with that and <laughs> you know I drink a lot of coffee and I just ask God what he wants for me for the next year and I think it's so stinking funny how every year I'm just like yeah I'm like praying through this what is this word for and then mm. a lot of times it doesn't I don't realize it until like the end of the year then I reflect uh, yeah. back and I'm like oh okay yeah I can see where this or that applied no nope God's like hey we're gonna <laughs> show you where I'm, you're gonna have to wait like two months and then we're gonna show you <laughs> what that means real quick <laughs> real quick so my question now to you <laughs> is how is the Lord been calling you to shift some of your life and your original plans Ooh this year because 2020 is not like any other that I have personally ever experienced. So how has that changed your life? Uh, this is the part where I cried. It's okay. No, I already cried. You can do um, it again. We have tears are fine here. Yeah, I'm a therapist space. in, in my, my real life. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you can oh, totally yeah. cry. It's fine. This is all making sense now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I would say that that my family has been able to, like my husband David and our four children and I, have been able to reach long-term goals in an instant this year. And that is phenomenally beautiful, surprising overwhelming to me we David and I will go on a dream building weekend every year and so um like you David will write down all I write them down too but he's really organized he doesn't have the pen the pens collection but he has his google docs with like everything written out from yes (laughs) yes and so we will look at our dreams from the year before we'll look at our individual lists that we write that year, just anything that's like on our heart that we that we would love to pursue. Did I mention we, we got this idea from Matthew Kelly and I'm so grateful for it. So we've been doing this since we first got married um, over 10 years ago now. So, so many of our dreams have have begun to come to light and to come into fruition this year which is like why this year you think everything is shutting down right and and in some ways it has but in other ways like we we just bought cry we just bought my dream house I have no idea like on paper besides that it was my dream (laughs) besides the fact that it was our dream I have no idea how like we were able to do that like it doesn't 
it doesn't make sense. Like my, all of my shows got canceled, you know, like I was wondering how we were going to feed the kids much less feed them in our new house from the new refrigerator, (laughs) you know, like it's just, and, and, and long term, we hoped that I could move into, uh, content creation as my full-time endeavor sharing my music and songwriting that way so I could be home instead of on the road like full-time because over the past several years I've been traveling like crazy I don't know any other mom who is in my position who has who travels the way that I do as an independent artist I was on the road 15 days of every month consistently oh my goodness and so and often with an with a relatively newborn in tow yes throughout a lot of that as well exactly so I'd be traveling at seven months pregnant or on the road with my four-month-old nursing child mm-hmm. and it was it was that was a dream as well uh, to be able to do that. And yet long term, I knew this isn't really sustainable to keep traveling at this pace. So hopefully travel could be a, a like a bonus, like an extra special tour that I do instead of what we depend on mm-hmm. to support our family. And so now all of a sudden here I am at home creating songs and writing new books and hopefully starting a podcast of my own soon as well. And I, I, I can't, it, I'm speechless as to how we got here all of a sudden. So something that I have just been praying over this, really the, all of this majority of this year at this point, but really in the last, I would say like three to four months is how God has been calling us to this very simple relationship with him. It's like everything that I have ever known to lean on to gain spiritual Mm. strength has been taken away. Like the mass Mm -hmm. for a period of time, my, you know, holy hour every week or, Mm -hmm. you know, Bible studies, religion classes with our youth, like anything where I was getting spiritually fed, it was like stripped away and just Mm -hmm. like in a flash. There was no gradual like, oh, maybe we need to give up a couple of these things. It was just like, nope, you're you're done. (laughs) Like you're done. You're just done with all of this. (laughs) <laughs> and then, like, insert, like, isolating pandemic on top of it, right? Like, fear and, and anxiety and all the things. And so I have found through a lot of my, like, my prayer and just contemplation of this year, I feel like God has really just quieted our lives. So we've been mm-hmm. able to clearly see what he wants out of them. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's it just, it makes so much sense that so much is coming together for you because it's almost like you needed that forced pause on the travel, like where you couldn't, you couldn't say, oh, I love this so much. Like this would be such a sacrifice to like stop this or like, I'm just going to gradually decrease it and then we'll see what happens as I create. Right. It's like, God was like, huh, no, <laughs> like actually you're not going to get to travel at all <laughs> and go ahead and dive headfirst into content creating because that's what you said you mm-hmm. want to do. So <laughs> here you go. But like what a gift that's been for you and how mm-hmm. like, I don't know, I just feel like, man, you probably made up for the last, I don't know how many years of traveling, like in just all the time you've been at home and, and hours mm-hmm. spent with your kids and, and with David and how like what a big blessing that that is for you. Yes, it's it's amazing. I mean, when I tried to picture how how would we make that 
shift? Mm -hmm. How would I gradually stop traveling as much, gradually begin creating more from home? It was it was it was hard to imagine it, but I thought maybe a couple of years down the road we can start. No, just as you described. No, overnight. And I I remember. Oh, thankfully, I went on just some of the best tours ever. This at the start of this year, it's such a full, such a full schedule, such a beautiful experience at so many parishes. And that was like January, February. And that was just as Father Matt also was starting to travel with me. So we Mm -hmm. went on, Father Matt and I went on our first tour together in the beginning of March. And that was my last tour. (laughs) Oh, wow. And it was, it was, it was breathtakingly beautiful to, to share what the Lord had given me over all of these years, all of these relationships with people. We just like went down the West Coast and went to, we did like a, like a house concert and a parish concert and something for young adults and all of these different facets of the church we were able to, to kind of tap into and connect with. And you could just tell, I remember we were in the city of San Francisco and it was like a ghost town. And everything was closing down. Everywhere we would go, we'd go to college, and the college was shut down the next day. And we just we were right ahead of it. Oh wow! And it just felt like this tsunami was coming, and 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 yet, how the Lord filled me up, man! Like those memories of going back to that remembering that is real. The connections that we made with people, the fact that I was able to share. All of that so openly, not only with Father Mount, but with people who we were encountering. And like that hasn't changed, but the format of sharing it has. Mm-hmm. And it belongs to the Lord. It always belongs to him. So if he wants to take it away, <laughs> one format, if he wants me to wait to travel again for who who knows how long, then as as I mentioned to your listeners, I need to take my own advice and realize that he has something even better mm-hmm. in store. And whatever my family and I now are able to build together with all of this quality time that we have, that something something better than I dreamed is is making its way to us. Absolutely. Oh, man. I just, the Holy Spirit is just alive and well in, in 2020. (laughs) And that is something that is so comforting looking at like all the things I feel like we focus so much on what we've lost and what we haven't been able to do. And, you know, like, I mean, I was supposed to be in Florida last weekend. That obviously didn't happen. And, you know, just trips and things like that, that we kind of, I feel like it's easy to get lost in the things that we don't have and forget or just be blinded to what God's doing instead. You know, that mm-hmm. whole like I always see that image of, you know, the little kid that's like where Jesus is like, hand me your little teddy bear. And he's got like the oh, giant yeah, yeah. one behind his back, you know, <laughs> and the little kid's like, oh, but I don't want to. And like, trust me. And it's like I just feel like that's that's the that's the image that I want to see for 2020 where it's like we think we have so many great things going on. And then it's like, but but God. But God, yeah, and then, and that's all I can say, you know, because we just don't know what's next sometimes. But it's like mm-hmm. God does, mm-hmm. and He's got it. Amen. 
So as we as we wrap up for today, um, I am wondering, since we're talking about, you know, quarantine, pandemic, all of that, what is one way or I don't know if you have a routine of how are you keeping sane during this time? What are your what are your go to's that have been <laughs> that's am been I? keep. That's this a good question. No, no, no. First. Like maybe, maybe first this is like I. a. <laughs> and sometimes I don't know. I have, I'm asking loaded questions. You're a until we get so there. this is a good question to start with. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know all of the things that I knew to do to keep myself sane have also been stripped away from me. I feel because. For me, being on stage is huge adrenaline and it's, it ends up being really good for my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked through a lot of uh, postpartum depression, OCD over the last several years, having all of these children. God bless them. Mm-hmm. And when I'm on stage, I don't feel any of the symptoms. I'm just, I'm totally at my healthiest. I'm just focused, right? So, okay, I don't have that mm-hmm. anymore. Right. And then my next, my second best thing is running. I love running. I would, I run miles and miles and miles in a row. And so during the beginning of quarantine, I just ran like every day, five miles, six miles, seven miles. And then now my knees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. My knees are like, no, thank you. Yeah. That's a little excessive. Yeah. Right? Yeah, run a marathon think, every day. <laughs> yeah, I think anybody like could have told me that, but no, my knees did. Mm-hmm. Um, would I have listened? Probably not. And so the Lord has used those things in my life to help me. But I also know that like running, for instance, has been, I don't know if it's been an addiction, but definitely a, a crutch for me, for my mental health. So now I have to kind of face Anything that I was pushing off, like any like just childhood memories are surfacing and other just like things that maybe I've told myself that aren't healthy. So it's really like I think allowing the Lord to heal me in ways that I I didn't necessarily I wasn't necessarily able to face before Mm now. Um, So I don't know if that's being sane or not but something as good is happening even though it's it's um uncomfortable i would say at the moment no i think that's so healthy because and i i relate to that as well just of never really knowing how much i needed my own help and what like past wounds that weren't truly healed until mm-hmm. you're left with a lot of extra time and like not as many distractions and all of that. And then stuff starts popping up and it's like, oh, you have time to actually think about them. It's not, okay, mm-hmm. then pack my bag and jump on a plane and go, you know, to the next show or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And so for sure, yeah, I think that if anything, like this is it's given some space to work through some personal things and because you have the time. So I don't. I, yeah, I think that that's healthy, and I think that's a that's a way to keep saying, or at least work towards it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, work whichever, towards it. Whichever, whichever work in progress. Yeah, it's wherever you feel like you are in that. <laughs> we can digress from that. I'm making this shift toward sanity. Thank you. There Thank you. Go. you. Well, you also have four children, so I feel like there's always going to be a constant like tug of war with sanity there when you're a mom. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to clean yeah. that affirmation. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll let you have that one. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, Amanda, it has been an absolute joy and gift to have you on the podcast today. And I'm just so thankful for you. And I'm, even though we had a little rough start with, with technology and timing and all the things getting, trying to get together with this, it happened when it needed to. And that's another thing. We just trust the Lord. See, I had to just shift it. We just shifted today. It's fine. My, my word just pops up everywhere. That's right. <laughs> what I All encompassing. <laughs> yes. I want to thank you for just being a part of this. And so if anyone feels like the Holy Spirit is leading them to support you in your ministry or just learn more about you, how can how can people find you and get connected with you? Yeah, thanks. The best way to find me and get connected with me and to support my my mission and my family is to become a patron or at least to kind of check it out, check out my patron offerings. You're mentioning that I send out a new song every Sunday and mm-hmm. I send out scripture reflections to my patrons and this is this is our full-time job from home now. And so amandavernon.com/patron is the website. My husband's my manager, so his job is making sure that I can create and share with the world. And so if I would be super grateful to anybody who's listening, if they feel so inspired to visit amandavernon.com slash patron, there's a little video about it and um, some samples of my work. So thank you so much for asking. And thank you so much, Clarissa, for for being a patron and for for hosting me today. It's been really a delight to speak with you. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love, I like literally like wait. I'm like constantly updating my email every Sunday. Like, is my song here? And (laughs) this last week's was in Spanish. I don't speak Spanish, but better believe that I was like dancing in my bathroom to (laughs) your song, like not knowing what you were singing about. I did not care. It was was my weekly song from Amanda and I was going to dance to it. (laughs) It was great. It was awesome. (laughs) So I, I highly recommend if you guys are listening to check out her book is well when God wrecks your romance. It is phenomenal. And like Amanda said, it's like no book that you have ever read. So I just encourage you to purchase that and support her ministry that way as well. It's I believe on Amazon as well. And can they can I'm sure buy it through your Yeah, your they can website? if they buy it direct through our website, they're different formats, uh, but we can send it to you free of shipping charges. So it's when God wrecks your romance.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Amanda. We'll see you hopefully next time. I'm sure you'll be back You're again. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> All right. God bless. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Born for This podcast. I hope you join us for next week's episode. Please make sure you're subscribing, and I would be honored if you would share this episode with your friends on social media. If you enjoyed our chat today, it would mean so much to me if you would leave a review and a rating so we can make this podcast visible to as many people as possible. As always, remember that you were chosen by God to be in this world for a specific reason. Whatever God is calling you to, I hope you know you were born for this.